Does your business spend $500 a month or more on gas and electric bills? Did you know by making a simple free phone call, you can save up to 25% on your bill every month? What could you do with a 25% savings on utility bills every month? Energy deregulation is now available in your state. Making one simple phone call will show you how we can lower your gas and electric bills instantly. With no changes to your bill and no enrollment fee. This is a free service. The only thing you'll notice is a lower bill every month. Call U.S. Power & Light right now. Learn how easy it is to lower your utility bills for your business and save money. We promise. So if you spend over $500 a month on your gas and electric bills, please call right now and unleash your savings. 800-941-3381. 800-941-3381. That's 800-941-3381. And go, please. The following is a live copyrighted presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time now for Radiolawtalk.com with your host, Frederick Penny, attorney at law. And now, Radiolawtalk.com. Welcome to your midterm test. You already had the early test at the beginning of the class. We're now at midterms, and we have our final hour three. Thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Frederick Penny. Call us at 855-LAW-RADIO or tweet us at Radio Law Talk. We do have an Instagram and a Facebook. You can go to www.radiolawtalk.com in order to uh, read our general disclaimers. Remember, we're not uh, offering legal advice. Uh, We are talking about general areas of law. Seek local counsel. Remember, this show, Radio Law Talk, year three, is by far the most exciting, interesting, and sometimes entertaining show on earth. Other than, ready for this? Other than those of you who've never heard this, it's true. The late night, stormy weather, driving your car in the middle of Nevada while it's breaking down, and some mystery car behind you, alien shows. Listening to those, you can't. When that's going on, those are the best shows. You know, th- those are the shows where the host says, all right, we've got uh, a caller on the line. This is Dennis. Dennis, go ahead. And Dennis says, yeah, yeah well, it, it happened about uh, 18 months ago. I was driving home from the Walmart. And uh, when, when, I came, when I came across uh, the, the intersection of South 40 and 273, yeah, there was a bright light came in. Did and, you have the dog in the, in the car? The, the dog was in the back of the car. And and I got sucked up into a a, a a I sucked up into a ship and was forced to uh, live in the zoo for humans on Delta Gamma Five. It's a planet about seventy four thousand light years away. It was a lot of fun. It was like it was like a singles cruise. But um, then I then I came back and my my wife didn't believe it. I like the singles cruise. Yeah, part. My, my my wife didn't believe it at all. But I swear that's how the lipstick got on my collar. And so uh, that's what happened. <laughs> but those are the awesome shows. And then the poor host says, 
Well, that must have been really fascinating, yeah. <laughs> right? And buy into the whole thing. Yes, yeah, yeah, not, yeah. not just that. He's been there, done that. Exactly. Oh, that happened to you, too. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, were you in Sweet 477? Yes, I was. Well, oh, hey. All right. <laughs> All right. This is a law show, believe it or not. We do talk about the law every once in a while, and we are going to talk about the latest on uh, uh, the multi-million dollar real estate tycoon Robert Durst. The Durst family is a very wealthy family out of New York worth, I think, over a billion dollars. They're a real estate family, um, and apparently the, the, the family is just normal, good type of people. Not that I'm saying, hey, look, innocent until proven guilty, but I, I don't care what you say. Robert Durst is just a very interesting fella, and you've got to wait and hear what we're going to go over and the little tidbits that we know here and there, and we've got a recording of something you've got to hear that came out on HBO, and, and we're going to discuss that that trial that is going on right now. We're going to talk about Journey the Band. Those of you from the 70s and 80s and 90s, especially 70s and 80s, which is my era, uh, Journey was huge. Journey was huge. And by the way, I used to play in a band, and that band, I was the keyboardist, and I used to play... Journey song. You were the Jonathan Kane of your I band. I was the Jonathan Kane of the band, and I and I played. I actually, people don't believe me. I actually have the recordings, so I played pretty well, and and I could play uh, a lot of Journey songs. My singing was uh, a little below par, but but hey, we lived in a small town. It didn't matter. Everybody was probably drunk and didn't care how we sounded. Uh, also, lawsuits against American Airlines. There's an interesting lawsuit going on that the settlement. And what they settled for to get this lawsuit off the books is very interesting. We're going to discuss that. And we have a lot more to talk about. But the most important thing people listen to our show for is a thing called Case or No Case. Now it's time to play Case or No Case. Well, I hope you're ready for this one. See, there was a guy driving on Highway 273 (laughs) with his dog. (laughs) With his dog. Humphrey Bogart, the late great film star, had a deal with a Hollywood haberdasher who paid him to wear a fedora. What's a fedora? A hat, you know, a dress oh, hat. Oh, I like didn't you know see that. Like in the 40s, yeah. It was uh, it got a thousand bucks a year, pretty low by today's standards for endorsing a product. But contemporary clothiers of Beverly Hills always had its fedora and other hat business increase when Bogie appeared in public with his fedora on. So they said, it's a good investment. We'll do this. You know, whether it was with Lauren Bacall or whomever he was in a film wearing this rakish-looking headgear. But contemporary clothiers had a problem. Bogey was signed to do a movie called The African Queen, in which he appeared wearing a greasy captain's cap. Bogart had a contract with contemporary clothiers and his film studio. They acquiesced that whatever film he appeared in, he must be shown wearing a fedora. But, of course, the director said a fedora is not going to work with this guy unless it's an old greasy one. Not going to happen. So there was a little discussion about that. Contemporary Clothiers was displeased, and they wanted all of its money back for 1951, the year in which the African Queen film was made. So they wanted the whole $1,000 back? They wanted the whole, because Bogey had let them down in violation of the contract. Because he wore a contemporary, Bogey says no. I wore a contemporary, or a contempo as they were called, to every other place I went to, even to the Academy Awards. So each of them sought counsel, and so I ask you, case or no case, and Todd Kunin, our movie star, 
should uh, perhaps have some uh, some thoughts on this. Hey, people in Lubbock, Texas, I'm going to interrupt. Uh, he is a star. He is on WWE 2020, the game, right? The, the WWE 2K19 and 2K20 games. I play Baron Blade in the My Career mode of 2K19 and 20. And you are also on Golden Ones. I've been Golden. on. A, I've been. That's yeah. a local um, yeah, in yeah. California. But, but you've been I, on Yahoo. Been on some, Yahoo uh, was a national a, deal, wasn't it? There's a Yahoo commercial for their new logo that came out online. Um, I'm in that one. I'm the You're lead. like the main character on that. Yeah, one. I'm the lead in that one. I've got a couple that have come out. But so he's really but famous. It, but using the star, the term star is uh, very loosely used. <laughs> I'm saying it compared to the other people in this room. So and he's, okay, all right, all right. And he's right. a criminal lawyer. That's right. I am a criminal defense attorney. That's exactly so. right. Former prosecutor for the DA's office in California, one of the Cali- in a county in California, and in Tennessee. And in Tennessee. Criminal so. lawyer just sounds weird. Anyway. <laughs> yes, well, well aren't are all lawyers criminal to some extent? That That's what some people would say. Is this a case? The uh, African queen, did he, should he have worn a fedora or not? I'm going to say yes, it is a case. And I will also say that Bogey had to pay the money back and that this, because of the time, was the reason why they had to readdress how they did contracts with stars for the use of apparel in films to place certain limits on, you know, when it was enforceable due to the artistic nature of the production. So, yes, it's a case. Bogey had to pay it back, and it spurred on a reevaluation of it. Denise, what say you? Well, I think that you probably just watched The African Queen recently, no? Not true, but that's okay. It's a good guess. First, we have the steak (laughs) reference from last hour. Now we're going... I have not seen the African Queen. Okay. Um, $1,000 a year. They sue to go retroactive back to 1952 when the African Queen 51 was when the film was made. 51. They said, we're not paying you for this year, dude. Right, right, right. Um, Well, I'll tell you what. I'm thinking that I'm going to err on the side of caution. And I'm going to probably tell everybody what I think when we come back. Wait a minute. You got 30 seconds. You can do it. I can't think of a legal theory. It doesn't seem like it's a breach of contract. Are you trying to say you want to think about it over the break? I'll let you do that. You know what? Since I get to take us out, I'm going to bumble on for about 15 seconds so you can have time to think and cheat. Well, they could also Play some music. Play some music. 855 Law Radio. Call us. Just play to, some music I'll so she can think. I'll try to find some funky music yeah, to play. Yeah, just play some yeah. so she can think. Oh, <laughs> I couldn't come find on. the theme from the African Queen. Radio Law Talk will continue along with the answer to case or no case in just a minute. Don't go away. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. Warning, don't let your business get left behind in what is likely to be the biggest economic boom in recent history. If you need to build for your business to grow, call General Steel today for a pre-engineered steel building designed for your needs. No wasted space. Steel prices are expected to rise, but you can still lock in your price on a General Steel building. And you can still save as much as half the cost and time of conventional construction. As much as half. But you must call now. If you need a church building, office, warehouse, 
warehouse, manufacturing space, retail space, or more. Call General Steel today. You can still get the General's 50-year structural warranty and General Steel quality, all at a price you can afford. So don't let rising steel prices put your project out of reach and stop you from making your company great. 800-617-9312. That's 800-617-9312. This is Denise Dirks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide family law services in Northern California. When the law affects your family, call 877-886-7186. The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. My name is Frederick Penny of Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. I've assembled an excellent team of highly experienced personal injury trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. At Penny & Associates, we will aggressively represent you and your family when someone has been injured in an accident. Remember, we don't give unless we win. For a free initial consultation, go to PennyLawyers.com or call 1-800-616-4LAW and ask for Frederick, Stewart, Rob, Kevin, Kent, or Will. That's Frederick Penny at Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers, 1-800-616-4LAW. Not all law firms have extensive experience in all areas of the law. It's wise to look for firms that have knowledge and understanding in your particular area of concern. So go to ProLawFirms.com. They have listings of attorneys in key areas of practice, such as family law, estate planning, personal injury, bankruptcy, and so forth. When you're looking for a lawyer that has extensive experience in your particular area of need, go to ProLawFirms.com. That's ProLawFirms.com. ProLawFirms.com is not a law firm and does not endorse or recommend any specific law firm. This is Frederick Penny, Todd Cunin, and Denise Dirks with a personal invitation to you who have a business that could benefit from a little national exposure. Radio Law Talk is heard in more than 35 markets across the United States, and Radio Law Talk provides that opportunity. Some of you have listened to the show and thought, my business should be advertising there right now. We agree. So email info at radiolawtalk.com. And we'll get right back with you. Let us help your business grow in multiple markets. Email info at radiolawtalk.com now. At TicketChocolate.com, we believe that simplicity is best. We also know that chocolate is one of life's finest things that can help you savor your greatest moments. Late night visits with old friends, overdue romantic moments, and quiet mornings all to yourself. See their wide variety, like hot chocolate sticks or creamy marshmallows, and a lot more at TicketChocolate.com. They remind busy people like you to take time for the pleasure small things can give. TicketChocolate.com, where simplicity is best. Infectious diseases spread by pests like malaria, Zika, and Chagas disease are causing a worldwide health crisis. Fortunately, here at home, we don't face the same level of threat, but we shouldn't let our guard down. Mosquito-borne diseases like West Nile virus and Zika are impacting communities across the U.S., and Lyme disease spread by ticks is on the rise. Whether around the world or just around the block, get the facts you need to protect your family at PestWorld.org. A public service message from the National Pest Management Association. Are you serious? This is Radio Law Talk, and now back to the show with your hosts, Frederick Penny and Denise Dirks and Todd Cunin. Hey, Humphrey Bogart case, uh, what do you think, Denise? You were thinking about it. You had the whole 
had a five-minute break. He had the whole okay. break to yeah. take care of this. So this is what I understand. I understand that the contract was between 12 Gear and Bogart. She's still stalling. Um, no, I'm not. <laughs> so it's for breach of contract. And one of the things that's really important is that even if they can bind Bogey, they cannot bind the producers or directors of subsequent movies. So, and if, in fact, they tried to keep him from wearing any of their hats or doing anything else, it could be an illegal restraint on his employment or his opportunities, right? So, I'm going to say no case. You talk about, this is like listening to a Johnny Carson monologue going around the track <laughs> twice to come to a conclusion. Well, what's like, the name uh, of no that? Case. The answer is... Exactly. <laughs> couldn't, they have a, couldn't, couldn't they have a tortious interference of contract claim against the producers for forcing Bogey to... Exactly. Uh, oh, well, whatever. Do you want me to give you the answer? Are you ready for yes, the answer? Yes. All right. The answer is uh, this is a case, and uh, Bogart wins for the following reasons. Because there is a clause in there that is vague as to him having to wear it Every single time for everything, when he goes to the bathroom, when he does everything, and then the clause doesn't see he has to wear it 24 hours a day for every little time he's out, every time he's doing something, and that's where they find a little chink in the armor, and Bogart doesn't have to pay anything, and that's what I think is going to happen. Well, that's interesting. I'm really fascinated yes. by listening to your legal theories, especially Denise's legal theories. You know, I'm going to tell you, this, this could work, that could work. By the way, no case. Well, that's fine. That's just fine. So those of you who said that this was a case, Todd may I see and I, the heads of Todd, Todd and, Fred. and Fred, and may I say to you, oh, <laughs> bummer. Oh, my gosh. He really got us. <laughs> oh, brother. Correct. Oh. In this case, I'm sorry. I, it was a... It was a, a little a little history, which is true. We did wear the fedora all the time, but there was never a lawsuit about it. Direct so anyway, that's that. He made the whole thing up. Yep, the fedora was a matter of choice. Next time, by the way, in my attempt to confuse the folks, we will talk about Hobbyco, the famous hobby store, and uh, and what happened to them. So that's on our next time case. Uh, are you case. making that one up too, Cal? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to talk about that. Okay, Robert Durst. We've talked about this many times, and those of you, again, go to www.readylawtalk.com when you've got some time uh, after the show's over, and you can type in Durst, and you'll search and find the podcast or the live shows that we did over the past three years with this case. This has been going on a long time. Okay, the Durst, uh, the Robert Durst is the older brother, and by the way, he doesn't like his younger brother, um, that who, who has taken over kind of the dynasty of the Durst uh, uh, real estate dynasty, is a little bit different. So in 1982, his wife disappeared, okay? He's married to Miss Durst, uh, and her name's Kathleen Durst. Apparently, while she was en route to a medical school in New York, she just disappeared. They have never found her body, never found her body. And so what happens is... His wife's name wasn't Lori Vallow. No, 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 no. Sorry, sorry. I'm crossing over here. Okay, never mind. Don't cross over. Remember, innocent until proven guilty. We don't think anybody's guilty, and neither is Durst at this time. So then he gets to... Then what he does is apparently there's a lot of heat going on, right? So he gets to know this Susan Berman. Susan Berman is a close friend of his. She apparently is... Um, the daughter of a mobster of some sort, original mobster, and um, and then so he, he he in a lot make a long story short because there's so many things going on. He moves that is Mr. Durst moves to 
Texas. And he moves to Texas to kind of hide out. And he dresses up as a girl and as a woman. And um, as he dresses up as a woman, he's in this apartment complex living, you know, just just basically, uh, I'm not going to say low income, but lower income area. And this is a guy, don't forget, worth tens of millions of dollars that is hiding out. And this friend of his that he calls uh, a grumpy individual in his apartment complex and i don't remember his name what is his name one you might remember his name but this individual um apparently uh came over one time and they got in a little scuffle and he said this individual and i'll think of his name in a second um this individual brought a gun with him and they fought over the gun and mr durst the gun discharged and shot this guy in the in the temple and, and he died and this is in texas so they go ahead and prosecute him. This is all set up for what, what's going on now. Just, just follow, follow through. And your job is to find the name of that guy, by the way, Todd. Because um, I know it's in here and I've, I've written. In fact, I've written. Black. Bla- uh, yeah, yeah, Black. Mr. Yeah, Mr. Black. Mr. Black. And, and so what happens is he goes to trial and he's found not guilty. And I'm going to repeat myself. He's found not guilty. Here's the bizarre thing. So Mr. Black, after he shoots, after he's shot in the head, apparently in, quote, self-defense, because they're wrestling with the gun and it discharged and, and shot uh, Mr. Black in the head, um, he couldn't drag his body out. So Mr. Durst said he couldn't figure out what to do, so he went to the hardware store and bought a deboning knife. Now, those of you who got the children listening, you might want to kind of set them aside or turn it down or put your headphones on. And he deboned the guy. And he, in fact, went in and discussed details of how you debone a person by cutting the joints out. You know, and he compared a, it to cutting up a, a chicken. 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 So he cuts up this individual and puts him in bags and throws him in the back of his vehicle. And by the way, the, apparently the jury still knew about this. But it's like just because he cut the guy up doesn't mean it wasn't self-defense. So he cut him up and he threw him in the river. And lo and behold, he thought, oh, my gosh, they'll sink because it's, you know, it's heavy bones and stuff. And it floated. But why wouldn't he be guilty of, like, hindering prosecution, hiding evidence or something like that? I don't know. I don't don't get that. He was found not guilty of killing Mr. Black. The jury has to decide on the theory the prosecutor chooses to present. Oh, so they didn't put that as a secondary theory. Mm -hmm. And then another person dies, and we're going to get into that. And, and so we've got now the third death coming up is going to be this friend of his, Miss Berman, all of a sudden is shot also in the back of the head by whom they don't know. And at this point, he's being tried for Berman's execution or shooting in the back of the head, claiming, according to the prosecutors, that she knew something he didn't want to get out. And we'll be back and talk more about what's going on now, now that we've set you up. Don't be friends with Mr. Durst. I guess that's one of the messages here. Radio Law Talk will continue in just a minute. Don't go away. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. 
Warning, don't let your business get left behind in what is likely to be the biggest economic boom in recent history. If you need to build for your business to grow, call General Steel today for a pre-engineered steel building designed for your needs. No wasted space. Steel prices are expected to rise, but you can still lock in your price on a General Steel building. And you can still save as much as half the cost and time of conventional construction. As much as half. But you must call now. If you need a church building, office, warehouse, manufacturing space, retail space, or more, call General Steel today. You can still get the General's 50-year structural warranty and General Steel quality, all at a price you can afford. So don't let rising steel prices put your project out of reach and stop you from making your company great. 800-617-9312. Not all law firms have extensive experience in all areas of the law. It's wise to look for firms that have knowledge and understanding in your particular area of concern. So go to ProLawFirms.com. They have listings of attorneys in key areas of practice, such as family law, estate planning, personal injury, bankruptcy, and so forth. When you're looking for a lawyer that has extensive experience in your particular area of need, go to ProLawFirms.com. That's ProLawFirms.com. ProLawFirms.com is not a law firm and does not endorse or recommend any specific law firm. Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy. Some uncle I never knew called Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I Is this real life? Oh, that's down. This is Radio Law Talk. And now, back to the show. Okay, we're talking about the Durst case. So, The Jinx is an HBO show that they... So, I've set you up as to what's going on with uh, Robert Durst and his friend, uh, Miss Berman, that she's known quite some time. And the prosecutor saying she knew more about... Uh, more than she, sh- quote, should have known about what happened to his first wife. Why yes. she disappeared. Now, now the, the issue here is, with everything that Fred has just said, the case still had gone cold. They, they didn't feel that they had enough to prosecute, enough to go forward on. And remember that this murder of Berman took place quite a while ago. And so they didn't have anything. And Fred just mentioned this special on HBO produced by a company called Jinx. And Durst was being interviewed. They had him mic'd up. And boy, if we haven't heard this recently in other contexts about hot mics, this one really got him because they took a break and Mr. Durst went to the restroom. And Cal, you've got it. This is what they recorded. There it is, your cot, he says. He's farting. You're right, of course. You're right, of course. But you can't imagine. Arrest him. Arrest him, he says right there. Arrest him. (laughs) 
So the director's cut says, I don't know what's in the house. The director's cut says that this was a clear confession by him, by his by his muttering, you know, that he does in the in the bathroom. And he's, yeah. he's, You're right. This is the bathroom. This is him going in the bathroom. Yeah. There it is. He's got his mic on. Record. There it is. You're caught. That's what he says. Yeah. That's the best part. That's there the confession well, that right the, there. There it is, yeah. And keep he, going. he actually says They'll keep there. going. He says more, doesn't he? Doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Right, of course. You're right, of course. But you can't imagine. But you can't imagine. Just in case I'm just... He doesn't know what's in the house. He says, I don't know what's in the house. That's the best part. I like that part. One more toot for the road. Oh, oh sorry. Another, another toot. And what a disaster, he says. What a disaster. Yeah. Oh, there's, that's a disaster. Well, oh, the, there we go. The guy's busy, you know. He's busy. Do, I was wrong. He says, I was wrong. Mm. All right, so that is the cut. So that is what's going on, Todd. We were talking about Denise. Yes. Denise, I didn't mean to cut you off. You see, we were going to say something. Because he says, um, I killed them all. Yeah. There, there was another part where he says that. Well, look, this video or the, this audio ultimately makes its way into the investigator and prosecutor's hands. Well, let's back this up. This audio is he's interviewing about the jinx. The jinx is about... What happened in, in this case? You know, it's alleged that all these weird things happen, and and so what these people are talking to him about, what they're interviewing him about, him about is about all these mysterious things going on. Yeah, the deaths around the him. death surrounding him, and that's why he's talking about it when he takes a break, goes to the bathroom, and they don't turn the mic off accidentally or not accidentally. I don't know. So so yeah, just to really quickly. As of the time this interview happens, these are the suspicious circumstances. His wife died, and they don't know how. His best friend... No, his, his wife disappeared. His wife disappeared. His best friend was killed... Well, not bad. Good, a friend. Well, not a best friend. was yeah. killed in what they say was an execution-style type killing. And he also stood trial for the killing of another person in Texas, Mm -hmm. and he was acquitted of that. I mean, that is like a trifecta of really concerning facts. And Miss Berman, his friend, is, yeah, yeah, he was executed, yeah. And and so what the prosecution in the case now is going to allege through a friend of Berman, and I don't know how they're getting this around the hearsay rule, but... They apparently a friend of Berman's is going to come forward and prepare to testify that she assisted Durst in the cover up for the disappearance or somehow with his wife. And right. and so the thought here is that because Durst knew that Berman had that knowledge, he that you know the it goes back to the best way for two people to keep a secret is if one of them's dead, and that's what he did. Well, so that's what they're arguing. That's, that's what, what they're, they're alleging. That's, that's what they are going alleging. to allege. Yes. Yeah. Now, here's a couple other things. Durst was known for being kind of a cheapskate, even though he was very wealthy. In fact, he got arrested on a misdemeanor for shoplifting while having 
what, $500 in his pocket and 30000 something like that, or $20,000 sitting in his car, yet he shoplifted a few little little items. That tells you there, 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 he's miss, there's something wrong up there. He also was giving large amounts of money to Miss Berman, his good close friend, um, who was killed um, uh, apparently just hours before the allegations are that she was going to go to the police and tell the police what she knew. Or talk to them. Yeah, at least yeah, talk to them. being interviewed. Yeah, and and and, uh, and so, you know, I, would I, I don't know why she did that and told him that. And the, and the prosecution is also alleging is it was someone that apparently she was very uh, precautious person and almost, um, you know, weary of anything, wouldn't let anyone in their house or that was her personality. Yeah, she was a daughter of a well-renowned um, um, uh, friend of Bugsy Siegel, so he, her father, she was the only daughter of yeah. of that, and her father, um, you know, died in 1957. It was like a mobster of some sort. He was a kind. mobster involved in like New York and Las what Vegas. What was his name? Davy. Davy the Jew. Davy Berman. the Jew Berman. And yeah. so Miss Berman was very, very cautious about letting people. And apparently, the evidence is that whoever it was that came in and shot her. There was no breaking and entering. They, she, he was let in, or she was let in, or yeah, whoever the, it is. The no forced entry, so it appeared that they surmised, because of the lack of forced entry, that whoever came in, she knew because of this, she would not have yeah. let somebody in the house. And the other reason why they believe that it occurred inside the house, even though maybe near a doorway, is because the bullet wound, the entry was in the back of the head. And so the prosecutor is going to argue, based upon the forensic evidence, that there was a face-to-face confrontation of some sort. When she turned around, that is when the suspect, and they're alleging it's Durst, pulled out a 9mm handgun, shot her point blank in the back of the head. And the, fore- and the forensics, you know, they can tell that from forensics based upon you know, powder burns to the hair. They know the type of bullet that was used, so they know the gun that was used, and, and that's just But there's no eyewitness, no murder, but here's the key piece of evidence. There was a note, it was a cryptic letter sent to the police that's with Berman's address with the word cadaver on it. And that was, and in caps, that led to the police to find her. And now, apparently, my understanding is they are acknowledging the prosecution, I mean, the defense, that Durst did pin the anonymous note. He did write that note that said uh, cadaver and And had the address. And in one of his interviews, he also said whoever wrote that note, but this is what he claimed he didn't write it, whoever wrote that note was probably the murderer. Yeah, and then they're now supposedly acknowledging that he wrote that anonymous note. Let me tell you, he, this guy is so bizarre and off the wall uh, that it's just this is crazy. Well, given and it, it's interesting because we see this play out in movies. You know, the the person who has to kill a friend to keep them quiet, but that doesn't mean that they didn't love the person, they didn't like the person, but they they have to do it for whatever motivation they have, and that appears, if this all turns out to be Durst, to be maybe what's going on because I think he genuinely liked her. He just was afraid she was going to turn him in and self-preservation kicks in. But if he hadn't sent the note that said cadaver, given where she lived, they would have never known to go to that location to discover her. And and I think the prosecution is going to argue that he felt really bad because of what he had to do, and he didn't want her to be there, you know, decomposing and have anybody there. Uh, 
have nobody find her remains, so he sent the note. But you're right, Fred. The best thing to best way to describe this is there's th- there's something not right upstairs there. Well, and it shows really pictures with he and uh, Berman together and as really good friends. And but now they've just laid out their case. The prosecution laid out their case, their opening statements. And um, but anyway, this is going to be an interesting one. We have been following. And we're gonna f- and we're gonna follow this as as time goes on. The little history about the guy, man, it's just the guy. Also, they're claiming they had notes that he 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 didn't like his brother. They had a hit list. Had a hit list. So yeah. we're gonna be back. We're gonna talk a little bit more, maybe about Durst, but we're gonna go on and talk about some bump stock law and some about before that journey. We're gonna talk about journey. So don't miss a second of Radio Law Talk. There's more of it coming up here online and, of course, on your favorite radio station. So stay tuned. Advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. Not all law firms have extensive experience in all areas of the law. It's wise to look for firms that have knowledge and understanding in your particular area of concern. So go to prolawfirms.com. They have listings of attorneys in key areas of practice, such as family law, estate planning, personal injury, bankruptcy, and so forth. When you're looking for a lawyer that has extensive experience in your particular area of need, go to prolawfirms.com. That's prolawfirms.com. Prolawfirms.com is not a law firm and does not endorse or recommend any specific law firm. Dish TV is better than cable TV. Why? Because you can save 45% on packages compared to your high-priced cable bill. Wow. Take those giant scissors out and cut the cable and save with Dish TV. Plus, you get a free DVR upgrade to record your favorite shows and free installation. And with Dish Anywhere, you can watch TV for free on your mobile device. Act fast. You can save hundreds of dollars. Does your cable company do that for you? I don't think so. Get all the best TV programming at your fingertips at a fraction of the price of cable TV. So say adios, arrivederci, goodbye to the high cable bill, and save up to 45% on Dish TV packages today. These are limited time offers and can change at any time. Call fast, 800-814-5108, 800-814-5108, 800-814-5108. That's 800-814-5108. If you're one of those independent people who wants your own business and you love food service, we just might have a great opportunity for you. Iceberg Drive-Ins. Iceberg is famous for its thick shakes and delicious food. We lend you our supply chain and expertise, and you can potentially have a thriving, successful, fun business that your customers will love. Iceberg Drive-Ins has some prime areas available right now, so if you're interested, get in touch with us right away. Go to icebergdrivein.com and click on the Contact Us button. Iceberg Drive-In, ready to grow with you.
This is Denise Dirks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide family law services in Northern California. When the law affects your family, call 877-886-7186. The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. My name is Frederick Penny of Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. I've assembled an excellent team of highly experienced personal injury trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. At Penny & Associates, we will aggressively represent you and your family when someone has been injured in an accident. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. For a free initial consultation, go to PennyLawyers.com or call 1-800-616-4LAW and ask for Frederick, Stewart, Rob, Kevin, Kent, or Will. That's Frederick Penny of Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers, one 800 616 for law. I've got to get my car washed. This dirt, it just won't do. But I don't have no time today. I don't know what I do. Man, I know this place right down the road. Quick, quack, car wash. Hop inside, let's take a ride and watch this cat and shine. Just come and see, I guarantee your ride will steal the show. Come on, quick, quack, car wash. Don't drive that dirty car. Quick, quack, car wash. They'll have you looking sharp. If you pay my fee, I'll take your cake. When the lights go down in the city and the sun shines on the bed. Sounds like our show sometimes. Lights going out. That's the way it is sometimes. Uh, but Journey. Now, those of you who are first joining us or are joining us or don't know the personalities of Denise, myself, and Todd, we're all three lawyers, um, uh, Bard in California, and I'm actually a uh, Washington, D.C. lawyer also. And um, it, this is what you have to understand, is there's one person sitting in this room that is a guru when it comes to music, when it comes to Hollywood movies. This guy is the Jeopardy champ, practically, and that is Todd Kunin. When it comes to Journey, or talking about the, the, the statistics, or the history, he knows it. So this lawsuit is, you know, we just, Denise and I just need to shut up and listen to him, because he knows all the history. Let's start back from the history of Journey. Let's, yeah, let's go back in time. So the song that we just heard was Journey, and... When the and this may have been just before. This is San Francisco they're talking this about, This is San right? Francisco, but this was maybe just before Jonathan Kane joined the band. But what we know, the journey that we know from the 80s was Steve Perry on vocals, Jonathan Kane keyboards, Neil Sean on guitar, Ross Valerie on bass, and Steve Smith on the drums. That is the journey that released the hits that you hear played all the time. Uh, at sports venues, Don't Stop Believing, uh, Who's Crying Now, that's the band that we know, those five. But Journey actually started in 1973. And at the time, of those five people, only two were in the f- were founding members of the band, and that was Neil Sean and Ross Valerie, the guitar player and the bass player. And they did something interesting in 73. They formed the band Journey, but also decided to incorporate 
And when they incorporated, they incorporated in the state of California under the name Nightmare Productions. Well, and Nightmare Productions had maybe four shareholders, maybe six, what have you. But they also had a thing in their bylaws that regardless of the number of shareholders, there would only be four people sitting on the board of directors. By 1980, when we had the band in the form that we all know it, there were six shareholders of Nightmare Productions, which essentially was Journey. And those six were Valerie, bass player, Smith, drummer, Sean, guitar player, Kane, keyboards, Steve Perry on vocals, and the sixth was Herbie Herbert, the manager that was responsible for really forming the band and guided them. Six shareholders, four board of directors. Who were the board of directors? The board of directors shifted every once in a while, but the key thing here is in 1985... That is before the Raised on Radio Tour. This was right after Steve Perry had done his solo album. And Journey started to take a jazz feel to it. And it was decided among the others in the band, the keyboard player, the guitar player, and the vocalist, that the bass player and the drummer weren't quite cutting it because they didn't have a jazz background. And so Ross Valerie and Steve Smith, the drummer and the bass player, were booted from the band. They say they quit, but they were out of the band. Interesting side note, Randy Jackson of American Idol fame, he was the bass player that was brought in to replace them on that album. And at that time, uh, Neil Sean, Jonathan Kane, Steve Perry formed another corporation called Elmo Partners. And because those three were also on the board of directors of Nightmare Productions, they voted as the board of directors to assigned to Elmo Partners an exclusive irrevocable license for the trademark use of the journey name and the logos for no compensation going forward. And no compensation, it was it was for past compensation, so no money changed hands. And now Elmo Partners got to control the use of the journey name. Well, look. And the journey mark. And the journey mark. Yeah. Well, about six, seven years later, Valerie and Smith come back in the band. Uh, Steve Perry then leaves in 97. And the four remaining members, Valerie Smith, Sean, and Kane, they continue to tour all the way up until, what, 2016. Recently, Sean and Kane filed a lawsuit because Ross, Valerie, and Steve Smith, the drummer and the bass player, called a meeting of the board of directors of Nightmare Productions. And the reason they meeting of the shareholders, shareholders. and the reason yeah. they did that was because they wanted to expand the number who could sit on the board from four to six. Essentially, every shareholder was a board member, arguably because they didn't want to have happen now what happened back in 85. Now, the interesting thing with all of this is that Steve Perry, though not in the band and still a shareholder, voted in favor of the proposal, as did Herbie Herbert. The only two who were opposed to it were Neil Sean and Jonathan Kane, and they filed a lawsuit against the drummer and the bass player recently, booted them out of the band. Yeah, you say they fired it. How, how can they fire I them? don't know how they can do that, except that under Elmo Productions, they still can control the name and the trademark. 
So they booted uh, those two out of the band and have now filed a lawsuit claiming breach of fiduciary duty, uh, destruction of the band. They make allegations in the lawsuit that these two guys were, look, they were just bit players anyway back when it started. They weren't responsible for anything that the band really did creatively. They didn't write any of the songs. They were just the rhythm section told what to do. The problem they have with that is, you know all these VH1 behind-the-scenes stories in the biography books that are written? One came out about two years ago when Journey was inducted into the Hall of Fame, and you got Jonathan Cain in there saying, I felt so bad when we had to let them go in 85 because they're our brothers. They were responsible for our sound. Uh, Steve Smith and Ross Valerie wrote some of the songs, and he's talking about how valuable these guys were to the band, and now their complaint says, oh, they weren't anything. They're not only that, they weren't anything, but the uh, Nightmare Productions is not an owner of the, of the Journey name or Journey book of uh, well. Of the, music. Well, the thing is, and that they catalog, were trying right, to right, the catalog, right, and that right. they were trying to um, steal from Elmo. That's right. Here, here's the, the rights. Here's the thing: Journey or Nightmare Productions still owns the trademark. They still own the catalog. They just have an irrevocable license agreement with Elmo Productions. The Elmo can use it and do whatever they want with it. The ownership is still with Nightmare, but the license goes to goes to Elmo Production Elmo Partners. Right, and, and the so, partners doesn't doesn't Steve Perry get like um, kickbacks and all he, kinds of things? He does. He was one of the three partners when he left in 1997. He had to have an agreement with the other two partners for his compensation, which was a very generous severance package. Yeah. For the two the first two albums after he left, Perry would get the equivalent of half of whatever the guitar player or the keyboardist got whichever was higher. So if they both made $12 million, Perry would get six. That was for the next two albums and the next two tours. On the third album and tour, he got 25%, and then every tour after that, he gets 12.5%. Forever. Forever. Woo. They're paying him not to sing. That well, is I did amazing. Not, I always wondered, because I know they make most of their money on tour. That's where they make yeah. their money. Now, At least that's where the, the band members make e- most exactly. of their money. Exactly. I will tell you this. As I review the complaint here, I really don't think that Sean and Kane have a leg to stand on because the drummer and the bass player did exactly what California law required as shareholders and... I don't see where they did anything. They might not like the outcome, the bass player or the Sean and Kane. They might not like the outcome because they were outnumbered, but I didn't see them. I didn't see any of the other shareholders violate the law. They followed the law to get what they needed. So if that means they had that have six shareholders instead of six instead of four. So who would be the other two? So that would be. So it, it again, it would be Valerie Smith, Sean Kane, Perry, and Herbie Herbert, and all of them. Uh, all of them but we'll Sean. Directors. All of them but Sean participated in the meeting. Some in person, some by phone. Their lawyers were all there, and the votes were what they were. Wow, that's crazy. Well, anyway, that's we, we killed another hour. That was we had some interesting stuff with Durst, Journey. We're gonna come back our third hour and talk about uh, American Airlines, uh, what it's doing to solve a lawsuit. Uh, we're gonna probably get over uh, and discuss very briefly bump stock. The bump stock is part of a gun that can make it shoot more rapidly. We'll explain what the Supreme Court justices 
reject that. Well, I don't want to jump on and tell you what it is, but interesting. We'll be back. You have been listening to RadioLawTalk.com, a copyrighted presentation of Radio Law Talk Incorporated. Normally, you hear me on USA Radio News telling you stories about other people in the news. Well, now I've written a book about the amazing blessings of my life and how, through miracles, I'm still alive. I'm a 40-year radio host who thought he'd reached the height of his career until tragedy struck. After a severe bout with the flu, I died twice, was revived, and spent six days in a coma and started the journey toward a full heart transplant. The book is called My Rock and Roll Heart Transplant Journey and is available at Amazon.com in paperback and Kindle form. The story takes you through how I got the heart disease, the people that helped me along the way, some crazy stories, and the real-life story of the miracles of science as I received the perfect heart match from my donor. I'm now in training for the 2020 Transplant Games in New Jersey. Grab your copy of My Rock and Roll Heart Transplant Journey today at Amazon.com. Thanks, and may your life be filled with all the love and miracles that mine has.